rise in popularity of electric vehicles and aircraft present the possibility of moving toward a more sustainable future. While advancements have dramatically increased the efficiency of these vehicles, there are still several issues standing in the way of widespread adoption. However, a solution may be on the horizon, with help from an unexpected source inside us all. The brain chemical dopamine. This is Soundbites. Welcome to Engineer This. One of the most significant challenges facing electric vehicles has to do with mass, as most current electric batteries and supercapacitors are incredibly heavy. Dr. Jody Lutkenhaus, professor in the Artie McFerrin Department of Chemical Engineering, and her team are approaching this problem from a unique angle of utilizing dopamine to strengthen electrodes. I'm Hannah Conrad, and my co-host Steve Coleman and I are joined by Dr. Lutkenhaus to discuss how her team is developing new supercapacitor electrodes, which could open the door to lighter electric vehicles and aircrafts. I work in the area of structural energy and power, which almost no one has heard of. And it's the idea of creating batteries and capacitors that can also bear a mechanical load. So they could be the wing of an airplane. They could do that double duty. They could provide structural integrity for a car, even be impact resistant while uh, storing energy. So then the result is an aircraft that's lighter or smaller or an electric vehicle that you don't have to charge up so often because it's more efficient. Uh, but that also means you have to make batteries and capacitors that work and that can bear a mechanical load. And uh, those two often aren't found together. So what got you interested in this area of research? It all started eight years ago. I was a junior faculty trying to get tenure and trying to think of some crazy ideas <laughs> that would get me tenure. And uh, one of them I pitched to DARPA. Um, it was It was on this idea of energy and power, but uh, it wasn't funded. And I called up the program manager. I said, hey, man, why, why didn't you want to fund me? <laughs> and um, he said, we generally like the idea, but we were looking for these other ideas. Maybe can you, can you put the battery in a strange place? And that got me talking to another guy over um, at Army. His name's Eric Wetzel, and um, he's well-published in this area. And uh, he got me turned on to this idea of structural energy and power, uh, the idea that you could create a battery that can do more than one thing, particularly with mechanical properties. And I just got so excited about it because imagine a battery that is so mechanically resilient, it could stop a bullet or a battery that is um, so stiff that it could be a structural composite. And those ideas had never been married in my head before, and it got me um, really excited and began to feel the passion. And then that led to my future proposal to the Air Force, who now funds this work. And we've been going on it ever since. So we've been funded on the topic for seven years. That's awesome. And it really is one of those things that, you know, at least from a general standpoint, I never thought of. And it almost seems like one of those things that the more it's explored, the more possibilities are going to show up with it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the more the more research we do, the more people we engage with, we receive more questions that I hadn't thought about before, particularly in the area of safety, because people 
they like the idea of like, hey, I have a more efficient vehicle, but what happens if what happens if I become one of those news items of the car on fire? There's a lot to these mechanical properties you have to think about. Um, and not one material is going to do it. So then we have to start thinking about these different avenues to make the batteries tougher versus stiffer versus stronger. They're not all the same. One of the elements in your battery is the use of dopamine, yeah. which uh, I would never think about putting into a battery. How did you come to that? I, I had seen um, dopamine used in other um, research literature as an adhesive molecule. So uh, muscles, the marine organism, secretes dopamine to stick onto these rocks and survive in tidal pools. Otherwise, the waves will just wash them away. And the dopamine has a chemical group called a catechol that's just really sticky. And so that kind of research had been going around a while in the, in the composites area and I thought, this is what I need. I'm going to make a battery that's so sticky that it's <laughs> not going to fall apart under a mechanical load. And so then we started to put dopamine in everything. Um, it's also a neurotransmitter. So it's this, it's this molecule you find everywhere in nature, but it has so many functions. And then we can hack that for a non-natural function to make our battery stronger. So real quick, before we get too far into the research, let's uh, roll it back a little bit uh, and just get to the basics of um, expanding a little bit on the, the problem that y'all are trying to solve with this research. A lot of our devices and how we move around and transport is relying on batteries. Even your car, even the car that you use now that requires gasoline has a battery in it. Even the plane that you fly in right now has a battery in it. And so I've always been thinking about batteries. They store energy. They release energy. They provide energy for when the engine isn't running. The main problem up front with batteries right now is how can we make them store more energy and last longer? The other problem that comes from my research in particular is how can we make them mechanically stronger? And together, that problem manifests as kind of a battle because if I make the battery or capacitor store more energy, the way I do that is going to reduce the mechanical properties. And then at the same time, if I enhance the mechanical properties, I take away from the energy storage properties. So there is this constant trade-off between the two that we have to manage. And then at the same time, we have to find that optimal of what is an acceptable level of performance, both in storing energy and in the mechanical properties, that we could actually consider deploying this in real life. What results have you seen so far in, in regard to solving that problem? Our, our biggest impact has been in boosting the mechanical properties such as the stiffness and the strength. We've made huge improvements of that by hundreds of percent. At the same time, the energy storage properties have been relatively constant or they've decreased a little bit. And that comes back again to the trade-off of what are we willing to accept? And so are you willing to accept a 300% increase in stiffness where you have a 10 to 20% uh, 
take away an energy storage properties. And for some people, that's fine. Uh, but for other applications, that may, you know, it may not be acceptable. Why is it important for a battery to be stiff? Or what, what do you mean by stiffness? So, so to take you down into the weeds a little bit, <laughs> we, we engineers call stiffness Young's modulus. So it's the idea of how much stress can I put on this object before it deforms a little bit. And then we also have something called ultimate properties where how much stress or strain can I put on it before it breaks? Those two metrics can become the, some of the most important design criteria in making your car or your airplane uh, wings and, and doors. And then that impacts uh, how long, also how long it can last and how durable it is. And if your battery isn't stiff enough or strong enough, then it won't function the way you want it to be. <laughs> it won't function safely. Um, and it may not function well during uh, a catastrophic event. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> so looking at the the potential that this research has, why do you think this is uh, such an important problem to try and address and build off of? Well, I'm, in, I'm inspired by the, the global energy challenge. We, our population is growing. We will always need more energy, um, whether that's for our electronic devices or for transportation, we'll always need more energy. And I feel like our research can play an important role in that in making uh, electric vehicles and aircraft more efficient. One of the easiest ways to do that is to provide this multifunctional energy and power, lightweighting the vehicle, uh, lightweighting the plane. And so I, I feel like we can really make a contribution to that with structural energy and power. So looking at this, uh, you know, you've been working on this for several years now. What is your ultimate vision of how this could be implemented out in the world? Oh my goodness. I have, I have, I have some crazy ideas. So, <laughs> so my crazy idea is that eventually we could create structural batteries and capacitors that you could spray coat on anything you needed. So these are batteries that don't fit the normal form factor. The public is used to batteries that look like cylinders or like, like we call them prisms, but kind of like these rectangular packs, right? So we're all used to that. But once you get away from that restriction, you could put that battery into any surface you want and it could be mechanically robust. So my my crazy idea is these spray-on batteries that go on where you want them, when you need them, and they provide you the mechanical integrity. So they're also safe. That's so awesome. That's really cool. What is it like uh, getting to work on a project like this that has such wide-reaching potential and getting to actually put your stamp on a future technology like this? It's it's been really great because when I entered the area in 2013 there were not a lot of people working on it so there was a big domain to make an imprint and I could also be as creative as I wanted because there weren't a whole lot of ideas out there and since then I've seen a lot more people come into the field so it's really fun to see these other people and these other research um areas grow up alongside and the new ideas coming in. And it also enriches what we're trying to do because we see these ideas and we think, oh, that could work for us. 
So it's been really fun. Um, and it's also been really fun to um, talk with some industry about this idea and get their real world input on where these could actually make an impact. I've enjoyed most training the students. They learn about the problem. They learn about how to solve the problem. And then later they can go be employed in industry and make their own impact. I imagine this is a cool project to work on as a faculty member. What's it like getting to see your students work on a project like this? It's really exciting for me because they are the next generation. They are the ones that are going to go out into the workforce and dream up the next generation of ideas. I see my job as being important in training them how to think. This is one vehicle for training them how to think. And I'm very glad that they can join the U.S. workforce because they're going to train the next generation of how to think. So I see this project as having a big impact, not just in the topic itself, but in the next generation of um, science and engineer, scientists and engineers. When you're talking about a uh, project that spans for seven, seven, eight years? Yeah, I feel old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you keep your passion going for this project? Well, science keeps evolving. Every few years, there's a new material to think about, a new construct to think about, and also um, new ways to measure things. So there are questions I had seven years ago where there wasn't a measure measurement technique available to answer it. And so we've built it. And just now we can begin to measure these things and understand them. So I'm... I, I'm always inspired by what is not known and then the new materials coming up and I adopt them and it keeps me feeling young and childlike. Were there any other surprises that your team came across? No, I mean, no, nothing real surprising. I mean, my general philosophy, my general approach to research has been to never be comfortable. So when new things come along, I celebrate that because I'm going to adopt it and take it in and learn from it. And if a new material comes in that's better, I'm going to adopt it. I'm going to take it. If I don't know how to measure something, I'm going to find someone who can do it with me or I'm going to invent a way to measure it. Um, for To be specific, we wanted to understand the very simple question of when a capacitor is under strain, so when it's experiencing this mechanical load, does its energy storage change? And you don't know that until you actually build a device that pulls and tugs on the capacitor while it's operating. And that's a lot harder to do than it sounds. <laughs> and so we have a very bright student who built the device, and we'll be reporting on that soon. And the, the, the answer is it performs about the same until a certain point at which it begins to fail. And it's important to know that because if you're going to deploy that in a real-world situation, you need to know those design um, cutoffs. And so I think we're getting closer to that by measuring it. So where does your research go from here? From here, we've done a lot of work on capacitors in the past, which is another form of energy storage. We want to start focusing a lot on batteries because that's where you see more of the development. And the battery is much more challenging because the materials are more chemically reactive. 
So there's a lot more to think about in terms of balancing the mechanical properties along with safety and the, the energy density of the device. So I really look forward to the challenge of developing these ultra stiff batteries. So when you get a chance to tell people about this research, what is it that excites you the most about its potential? Uh, personally, for me, I'm most excited about the idea of protecting people. Even if these, um, even if these batteries never make it into a structural panel, we might have made batteries and capacitors that are impact proof. And so that can protect people, uh, let's say an electric vehicle in a car crash. And, um, that can also bring more public confidence in the idea of electric vehicles and electric transportation. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Engineering Soundbites. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with what's happening within Texas A&M Engineering. Until next time, stay safe and gig'em. Thanks for listening to the Texas A&M Engineering Soundbites podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Texas A&M University system. Soundbites is part of the Texas A&M Podcast Network. To find more official Texas A&M podcasts, go to podcast.tamu.edu.